Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Today on Ken Lavica Live, we talk NFL heartbreak, tragedy, and depression. Stone Lebanowitz, hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. here to declare that I am so glad I'm not a fan of the Titans, the Packers, the Bucks, or the Bills. Mm. Thank God I may be raised a Bears fan and have adopted the Dolphins. And you know what? Today, that is a blessing. My God. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3 Monday after the wildest, the best single playoff weekend, depending on who you're a fan of, that we've ever seen in league history because it's Monday. Some good news for you. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. He's in here just like tomorrow until 2 o'clock. Stone Lebanowitz, Friday Night Lights. He runs this ship sometimes into the ground, sometimes we survive. We'll find out today. We're in the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the sunny, but don't be fooled, it is cold as hell, intercoastal. All right, uh, I don't even know, Theo, where to begin with this, but I uh, again, I want to reiterate. Titans fans, Packers fans, at least they've had a day to let it sink in. Mm. Bucks fans, Bills fans, I don't know how they're doing today. I'm legit concerned. I'm legit worried because what we saw in all four games, but especially fans of the Bucks and Bills who have not had a full 24 hours to let things sink in, how do you go on with your lives after that, especially the night game? My God. I, I, I've tried to put myself in their position, and it's driven me to antidepressants. Yeah. I don't want any part of that. It, it is so relieving that we were able to, because I'm a Panthers fan, you're, you know, Sit Dolphins. Back. To be able to enjoy, because yeah. that was, like you said, easily the best <laughs> weekend of football. And to be, I, I was thinking that during the Bucks rams game, I was like, I'm so glad I'm not a fan of either of these teams. Yeah. To be tied to the Bills-Chiefs game, which was like that on steroids, like yeah. I have no clue how Yeah, it's – Think about it. You went from the Bucks and the Rams where it's full-fledged depression for the Bucks. All of a sudden, the Rams start vomiting yeah. all over <laughs> themselves. I mean, we're talking chunky, just eaten things that are being coughed up on their shirts and pants. Yeah. And then, all of a sudden, the Bucks. Uh, make this epic comeback only to have the dude with the puke all over him throw a lucky haymaker, hit him in the chin, and knock him up. Uh, so then, you're like, wow. I how how could you survive that only to wow. see that chaos that was last night in Kansas City? My my question though, <sighs> after the Bucks Rams game, everybody was like, okay, now we get Bills Chiefs, and I'm like, look, my expectations were like, look, everything else has been excellent. I just want a decent enough game out yeah, of the Bills well Chiefs. Played Let's, professional yeah. quarterbacking. <laughs> I'm like, my expectations are just like, hey, entertain me a little bit. Not give me the greatest damn football game I've ever watched. <laughs> so instead, what Chiefs Bills did give you, it might it might be the best damn football game not only Theo's ever watched, but the best one that's ever been played. Twenty five 
point in the final uh. minute 55. Uh, you have Gabriel Davis uh, ending a Chiefs defensive back's life for a <laughs> touchdown. Uh, the Bills go on top. Tyreek Hill, 64 yards, who said he had an epic touchdown celebration planned, and Patrick Mahomes literally dragged him <laughs> off the field in order for him not to pick up a 15-yard penalty. Then, with cajones of steel, mm. you have Josh Allen march his team down the field, throw another dime to Gabriel Davis between two defenders, 13 seconds left, done deal. 13 ball seconds game. left. That's ball game. No human being who's ever played quarterback is going to drive his team down the field in 13 seconds, except that Patrick Mahomes exists. And Patrick Mahomes, in 13 seconds, gives Harrison Butker a 49-yard field goal attempt. Good. Right down the middle. The same Harrison mm. Butker who missed a field goal earlier. The same Harrison Butker who missed an extra point off the upright. Mentally, he is all out of sorts, yet sure enough, he's able to drill that right down the middle. And then the coin toss goes Kansas City's way. Yeah, That's right. A billion-dollar industry. And as we've laid out, a billion-dollar industry where old men who have chains onto a foam partition are expected to dictate whether or not a team has a first down, walk in a perfectly straight line to measure whether or not a team has a first down. Old man referees are expected to run a 4-3-40 to put a finger on a football to determine a team's season. And a coin toss determines whether or not a team has Super Bowl aspirations or not. Let me remind you, the NFL is a billion-dollar industry, the most popular sport in North America, and one of the most popular in the world, and these things are still dictating games. And as soon as Kansas City <laughs> won the coin toss, you knew exactly how this thing was going to end. You knew exactly how Patrick Mahomes was going to march his team down the field, and you probably could pick who the guy who was going to catch the game-winning touchdown was yep. as well. Look to the end zone for the win! He caught it! Ball game! Chiefs to the championship game! Jim Nance on the call, Travis Kelsey making the reception, and uh, feet were down, and the Chiefs win the most epic, arguably the most epic NFL playoff game that we have ever seen. Ever. That is thrilling for us, because you know what we've done, Theo? We've settled. We've settled. And you know what? Don't, don't let anyone tell you that you should reach for the highest highs of life, the highest highs of your career, because you want to know what that means? That ends at yeah. some point. So you're used to greatness and it all crumbles underneath you and your heart hurts and all you feel is pain. When you settle and you're never even in a position for excellence, it's so much easier to live your life. I'm with you. I feel fortunate I'm Bears slash Dolphins as opposed to Bills, Titans, mm. Buccaneers, so pressure. Packers. Too much pressure yeah. to be a fan Anxiety. of a team that's good. We're in a great spot today. Yeah. Last night, Chiefs Bills, that's heartbreak in Buffalo. Oh, I mean that that's all time sports heartbreak right yeah. there. My heart literally hurts for them. I was in the WPTV newsrooms because we had our Sunday night five sports live show, and there are like two super Bills fans in there. And to hear their roars and cheers with 13 seconds left, I I felt good for them. And I kind of was slightly pulling for the Chiefs. I was born in Kansas. It's not my team, but I, I liked them a little bit. 
So I was like, I'm happy for these guys. They've struggled. They've gone through so much. They're in their like mid 40s, so they've been through oh, yeah, the, they, the Super Bowl. They've losses seen the, and all the of that. crap. So I was low key happy. I'm like, wow, that feels good. And then to hear the pure silence <laughs> after Mahomes drives yeah. it down, kicks the field goal, gets the coin toss, throws a touchdown to Travis Kelsey, there were no more roars in that newsroom. Uh, uh. I I legit felt sad for Bills Mafia, man. <sighs> what a fan base. What a fan base. Uh, today their heart feels like it has been thrown through a table. Mm. The Bills oh. lose. <laughs> you did not have to do that. Done. You did not have to do that. I mean, that is gut-wrenching. That is, you know when you screw up at work and you know you screwed up at work and you know that it, there's something coming, there's a punishment, there's a suspension, there's a talking to, you get that pit in your stomach. Yeah. This is going to last days. That type of feeling is going to last days. There are some people that have not gotten out of bed today, I'm sure, uh, that adorn Bill's colors. That is a nightmare. Well, you know what one of the worst parts of it was? When they started to fake like they were reviewing that Travis Kelsey touchdown. Oh, yeah, like there was a a glimmer of hope. Right, Like because you know just out there there are at least like 20,000 Bills fans peering through their tears like, oh, my God, there might be a slip. What doesn't help there is Tony Romo going, I don't think it's over yet, Jim. (laughs) Jim, I don't think it's over yet. I don't think he got his feet in. Like that, that, I mean, Tony Romo trying to perpetuate the drama, but there was no drama to be had. I just know there were so many Bills fans out there crying already, but then like opening their eyes like, wait, wait, it's not over, guys. Get back around the TV just to watch him secure that catch so eloquently. (sighs) So think about this. There's that last night, okay? That is 10 out of 10 gut-wrenching. Oh, my God. Okay? Then, I mean, think back to Saturday afternoon. That was last year, I thought. (laughs) (laughs) I know. feels like 300 days ago. Ryan Tannehill throws arguably the worst playoff interception we've ever seen. One of the worst, certainly, in decades. No reason to. Not to mention Mike Vrabel, the trusted coach of Titans fans, just lackadaisically allowing the Titans to tick down the clock when it looked like they had ample time to go down the field and score. Tannehill's in no particular hurry. And then what does he do? He lollipops a pass down the left hash, gets tipped, gets intercepted. Joe Burrow comes in, predictably gains 25 yards, and the Titans win with a McPherson field goal to go on to the AFC championship game. That is heartbreak. And you're the one seed. Yeah. You sat there as the unlikely one seed, and you had your all-world running back returning the king, Derrick Henry, back on the field. And it didn't matter because it all resulted in this on Saturday afternoon. Harris, the snapper. Huber will hold it. 52-yard field goal. Sweeps the leg. McPherson. He's got it. Cincinnati wins. And not only is it a field goal to lose, it's a 52-yard field goal from a rookie. And you're the one seed. And you're done. Ian Eagle on CBS. That hurts. That hurts. In Nashville, they're still not over it. That is gut-wrenching. And, of course, as we mentioned, the Buccaneers down 27 to 3. You have the infallible, the uh undetractable Tom Brady, who comes all the way back, as Tom Brady does. Yeah. 28 to 3. He's come back from that in the Super Bowl. 27 to 3 was nothing, nothing. in the He's NFC Division or on. Yeah. yeah. And he got massive help. It seemed like all momentum, all karma was going the Bucks' way because the Rams couldn't stop fumbling. Cooper Cup, you get a fumble. Cam Akers. 
you get a fumble. Two. Oh, and you get another yeah, fumble. He likes those. And then, Matt Stafford, you get a fumble. Oh, but he fell on it at the last moment. But still, despite all of that, Brady marches the Bucks down. And touchdown after touchdown after touchdown for net, Mike Evans, and boom, you're there. Tied at 27, only to inexplicably call a blitz and let Matt Stafford sit back there and pick out Cooper Cup for a 62-yard mm. gain with time expiring and the defending champions, they go down like this. 30 yards to win the game. Matt Gabe boots it through. And the Rams, by the hair of their skinny teeth, by the hair of their skinny uh, teeth teeth. Don't get that. that. Al Michaels definitely fumbled he that, if you will. <laughs> that courtesy of NBC. Uh, but the defending champions go down. Man, all of those, how do you move on from that? How do you move on from that? How do you, how do you go into tomorrow seeing what took place? I think the easiest one or the easiest fan base to get over it is the Tennessee Titans because you entered these playoffs knowing who your quarterback okay. was. Okay. You knew you had Ryan Tannehill behind center. You knew that he would be the type of guy that would start a game with an interception, yeah. start the second half with an interception, and end the game with an interception. Yeah. That's, we're going to call that the new run. That's the Tanny, the tanny two-step. The Tanny two-step. <laughs> like, whatever. we got to come up with a name I-N-T. for that for Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. To start a game, start a half, and end a game with an interception is pretty impressive, I would say. <laughs> the trifecta. The Tanny trifecta. <laughs> the Tanny trifecta. The Tanny trifecta. Hit them all. INTs for everybody. <laughs> But here's why I think what happened Saturday night in Green Bay is the biggest gut-wrenching home fan base moment of the weekend. Bills fans, I know you're hurting today. Mm. Titans fans, I know you're hurting. Bucks fans, it sucks that you're not going to be able to defend your championship. But let's think about the Packers, okay? After what Aaron Rodgers... Put Packers fans through in the offseason. Okay? The last dance. Held them hostage. The entire NFL draft, Theo, you remember, was all Aaron Rodgers all the time. You know what? I'm not happy with the GM. You know what? And he, and, and he laid some seeds early because he's the one who came out and said, oh, I didn't know the plan on the final possession against Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship game. I may not have run with the football if I knew what the plan was going to be on that final possession. So then, all offseason, is Aaron Rodgers going to be here? Is Aaron Rodgers going to hold out? Is Aaron Rodgers going to retire? What's going to happen? Where's Aaron Rodgers? He's in Hawaii, but why isn't he talking about the Packers? Why isn't he preparing for a football season? And then, he shows up. And Packers fans rejoice. Not only does he show up, He starts playing MVP-level football again. And Packers fans begin to believe. They believe that they have a team that finally is going to get back to the Super Bowl, finally have a chance to play for another championship with a Hall of Fame quarterback who has only won one title in his illustrious career. (laughs) But then, turns out, yeah, I'm immunized. Lying. And we don't find that out until the midway point of the season. And fine, whether or not you want to get a vaccine is your decision. But per NFL rules, does it affect your competitive nature, does it affect your roster if you don't? The answer to that is yes. Definitely. So Aaron Rodgers lied, got dinged for it. We didn't find out until he got dinged for it. So he doesn't just take his punishment and take the ridicule and move on. He goes on a crusade. Yeah. He goes on an anti-vax manifesto crusade. Who will listen to him? Who will give him the platform? Pat McAfee. 
Who will listen to him? Who will give him the platform? Dr. Joe Rogan. The Ivermectin. <laughs> Not Dr. Joe. The, the Ivermectin stockholders, the company that produces that. They love it. Aaron Rodgers, he believes in horse to warmer. It's not only that, he continues to play at an MVP level during that. Yeah. And he continues to make a spectacle of himself off the field. But you know what? They're winning, so it's okay. Then this week, Aaron Rodgers sits down with ESPN for 28 minutes to talk about how he was offended that the president teased him about his lack of a vaccine shot. 28 minutes, that's fine. He can spend his downtime how he wants. But you know what? It's difficult to defend that. When you go out and you disappear in a full two quarters of football in the snow with a team that should be able to handle the elements, no problem. And your legacy has been falling short in the playoffs, and you fall short in the playoffs again. And this was a Packers team primed to win a championship. This was going to be the year. This was going to be the return to greatness. This was possibly going to be the last dance where he got the job done, and he's able to wash away all of the absurdity of this season redeem himself to Packers fans and go out glorious and what does he do he meekly tucks himself into his shell he was more dynamic talking about the virtues of anti-vax mindset than he was applying himself to winning a playoff game on Saturday night he was a non-damn factor who quit in the fourth quarter of that game, just throwing footballs into the air because he was out of ideas. Meanwhile, you lose at home, and you lose in the same fashion that befell Tennessee and befell Tampa Bay. You lose with the opposing field goal at Lambeau Field. Kick was down the middle, and good! 49ers win it! And that is Joe Buck, that is Fox, and that is another Aaron Rodgers playoff disappointment. So I'm sorry. Bills fans, it sucks today, and you feel terrible. But guess what? You have four to five years of greatness coming. Josh Allen, we said it last week, he's an elite-level quarterback now. He has raised himself to Mahomes' level. He has raised himself to Brady' level. He is there. He has arrived. You're in great shape. Packers fans, that was your last shot. Because the contract situation, the cap situation, is about to be a nightmare. It's It's going to dismantle your roster. And you have one man to blame for not realizing expectation. I don't want to hear special teams. Were they bad? Yes. Did they lose you the game? Absolutely not. They were terrible. They were terrible. But your MVP, who's going to be a back-to-back MVP, your, your savior, he didn't come back out of the locker room for the second half. He was a complete non-factor. That is gut-wrenching because Packers fans, they know in their green and gold hearts, in their cheesy little hearts, (laughs) that that's it. Aaron Rodgers is going to leave that thing in tatters. It's done. He's leaving. Everyone else is leaving. Devontae Adams is leaving. You name him, impact player, he's gone. The Packers will never be the same. And think about this, Theo. You had back-to-back first bout Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Brett Favre. Aaron Rodgers, you won two championships in 30 years Mm. of first battle Hall of Fame quarterbacks because neither of them could find a way consistently to play championship-level football. The Packers are the most gut-wrenching loss of the weekend. The worst part about the Packers' run under Aaron Rodgers is, at least with Manning's playoff failures and all of his losses through his career, you can look at it and say he was going up against the likes of like Tom Brady in the Mm -hmm. playoffs. He had, I think, a couple to Ben Roethlisberger. You look at the list of quarterbacks that have beaten Aaron Rodgers, and I understand it's a team sport. 
And a lot – I mean, I think we are discrediting the 49ers defense. Their ability to rush forward, drop oh, seven, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. cover like nobody else. I mean, Fred Warner over the middle. I yeah. mean, it's tough to score on that 49ers defense. Yeah. And he was without his tackle. I know Patrick Mahomes, though, tore apart the number one yeah, pass defense in the NFL He's last different. night. He's different. And I think what, what we did see is Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes might have just separated themselves mm-hmm. from what Aaron Rodgers is and what we think of him to be, especially in big game moments like that. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Rodgers is losing to guys like Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. twice, Colin Kaepernick. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson was the best quarterback Probably. to out him in the playoffs. Probably. Outside of that, it's it's these guys who I think Eli Manning got him a, uh, one or two yeah, times. Yeah, like, he got him a couple of times. Yeah, like the guys he's lost to in the playoffs is kind of inexcusable when you look at that. Like it, it. I know we we talked about this before the show. It's not a one on one game to an extent, but at the end of the day, like you're losing to Joe Flacco and yeah. stuff like that. Like I, I got to kind of look at you kind of sideways. Yeah. Are you a guy that I can herald as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time? He got outplayed by Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo got off to a terrible start. Ooh, that interception was It was, was bad. Terrible. But here's the thing. We focus that on that with Jimmy Garoppolo, and fine. But he also had five of his first six passes that would have all been first downs flat out dropped. Yeah, he flat looked good dropped. early. He looked good early. I mean, he was hitting open guys, and George Kittle, of all people, you know things are going poor when George Kittle wide open is just having to bounce off his chest. He, he underthrew that one a little bit. But, uh, yeah. but but this is what we do with quarterbacks we don't like is we just nitpick I know, the hell out I know, of them. You're right. Like, that's what we do. I'm just saying Aaron Rodgers was flat out. He was dreadful. He was dreadful. He disappeared. That's the most gut-wrenching is the Packers. For you, Theo. Of all the four games, which fan base took the most gut-wrenching L this weekend? It was easy. Easily for me, it was the Buffalo Bills. And I know they have the future to look forward to, but they had that same feeling to that same team just last year. I think with the Packers, at the very least, they knew this was the end of the road. They just hoped that it ended with a Super Bowl. But also, these same Packers fans already got their Super Bowl about 10 years ago with Aaron Rodgers, so I don't feel as bad for them. As well as, again, they know what this was. This was the last dance. Win or lose, they're going to come back next year and it's going to be dismantled. The Bills, they just were here last year, and everybody's like, oh, don't worry. They'll be right back next year. It's okay. Josh Allen is a superstar, whatever. And it's looking like that. And then to be up with 13 seconds to go, and you think you've overcome the boogeyman. You think that you're Jordan that just knocked off the bad boy Pistons, except it's not 90, it's 1989, and you're a year too early again. I feel bad for those Bills fans. Friday Night Lights, where does your heart go out to today? Buffalo as well. I mean, I agree with Theo. The Packers fans kind of knew it was the end of the road. And like you mentioned, like we're hoping for a Super Bowl. But yeah, you got too much hope. That yeah. Bills Mafia. And then just ripped your heart out. Okay. Here's where Bills fans feel okay. The other quarterbacks in your division, Mac Jones, Tua Tungavailoa, Zach Wilson. You're going to be back in but- that Position. What about the conference? The conference is like a gauntlet. Joe Burrow, uh, and I hate to name him first, but Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, um, I'm what's sorry. the guy at the Chargers? I, uh, Justin, Justin Herbert. Herbert. I mean, that's who you're facing in the playoffs every year. Forget the division. It doesn't okay. matter. But Josh Allen has put himself in an elite level where he's he's superior to all of them except Mahomes. He's at Mahomes' you're level right. now. You, you, in the toughest conference, you at least have a quarterback that you know can go toe-to-toe with Anybody. And I'm sorry, Lamar, he's not at that level. He's just not. He's, he's not, he's not, not right there. there. He's below them, but he's not. It's not. I wouldn't be shocked if next year Lamar doesn't have another one of those. I mean, he was having a great season before he got injured this year. So I wouldn't be shocked if Lamar, I mean, would it shock you if he's, what, 24 years old? If yeah. next year he takes another leap, if they get him a number one receiver, 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I Listen, I make the same excuses for Tua, so I'll make the same excuses for Lamar, except I've seen Lamar win one playoff game. And he's been there several times. He's been there three times. And mm-hmm. one of his, it was his rookie campaign when he came in in the middle of the season. But also, he doesn't have Stephon Diggs. He doesn't have Tyreek Hill. He doesn't have Travis Kelsey. He doesn't have Keenan Allen. He doesn't have Jamar Chase. Like, get him an X receiver, a number one, and then we can start. Hey, Maybe Rashad I'm Bateman all for it. As someone who makes all the excuses I possibly can for Tua, <laughs> I'll make all the excuses I can At for Lamar. At least Lamar, Lamar as well. got an MVP. I mean, yeah, you're talking yeah. about Tua, like, he's in Lamar's. Don't do How that. How dare you? <laughs> the most gut wrenching loss. From the weekend, I say it's the Packers because Aaron Rodgers put that team, those fans, that organization through the ringer only to pull the same Aaron Rodgers playoff crap that he always does. The Bills, that was the most gut-wrenching to Theo and to Stone. What was the most gut-wrenching loss? Which fan base suffered the most gut-wrenching loss of the NFL playoff weekend? Tennessee, Green Bay, Tampa, or Buffalo? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You can hit us up on Twitter, at ESPN West Palm. Which fan base suffered the worst gut-wrenching loss this weekend? Tennessee, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, or Buffalo? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Ken Levick Alive is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Nothing gut-wrenching about that. In fact, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program is uplifting. It's your path to sports. It's how you get into the sports industry. It's how you realize glory. It's like the Mahomes and Allen of postgraduate degrees. The FAU MBA Sport management program check them out online fau.edu slash mba sport uh, dr jim reardon the man in charge of the fau mba sport management program he's like the andy reed uh, though certainly more spelt than andy reed but he's like the andy reed of mba sport management programs the man in charge the man with the connections the man with the plan with the game plan and he is going to get you into the sports industry this is your path if you want to get into the sports industry Here's where you go. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. You can sign up for summer and fall semester classes on campus and remotely right now. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. Which fan base took the most gut-wrenching loss this weekend? The biggest heartbreak in the NFL playoffs. Was it Titans fans, Packers fans, Bucks fans, or Bills fans? 888-760-3776, 888 888- Seven six zero three seven seven six, and we'll have your tweets on the other side as well at ESPN West Palm. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel Five, WFLX Fox Twenty Nine. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN One Zero Six Three. You are listening to Ken Levick Live on ESPN One Zero Six Three. Here's Ken Levick. M Dubs on Twitter. Did you really just say on the radio that Josh Allen has raised himself to Tom Brady-like level? I'm not apologizing for a damn thing. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I mean, Theo. Today. If today you said, Ken, pick a quarterback for your team, I don't. why, why should I be shamed yeah. into picking Tom Brady over Josh Allen? Yeah, like there's no way I would take 44-year-old Tom Brady over Josh Allen no. in a vacuum. 
I would actually, yeah, I would actually say that would be dumb. It would be a bad decision because Tom Brady also would need the perfect, like not the perfect situation, but like he needs that really, really good offensive line because Mm -hmm. he can't move around like Allen can. And he can't stretch the field. Yeah, and he cannot, he he was not hitting some of those bombs that Josh Allen, Josh Allen can do many of the things that Tom Brady was able to do in that Rams game where he lost, plus more, plus the epic stuff we saw in that I mean, think about it. Josh Allen last night, the 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 Chiefs go up two scores right out of the locker room in the third quarter. Yeah. And what does Josh Allen do? Stands back there, five step drop, immediately <laughs> seventy yard touchdown, Gabriel Davis. Oh my! I mean, goodness. come on. How can you how can you argue with that? So listen, I'm not trying to disrespect Tom Brady here, yeah. but like you said, Josh Allen, not even in his prime yet. Yeah. Not even in his prime yet, Josh Allen. Over 44-year-old Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean. Again, that's not dumb. It's not a ridiculous proposition. I'm not going to kill you if you still take Brady, but I think there's one guy who's on his upside and another guy who's barely, barely hanging on now. There's one guy I saw truck multiple defenders, and then also I saw a couple times D-backs kind of like shy away from tackling him, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. he's ferocious, and on third and fourth and short, I think – He's a. It's a plus mm-hmm. to have Josh yeah, Allen. Nobody wants to see uh, Josh Allen coming uh, <laughs> within three feet of them. Full He's different. Speed. Man. He is just different. Ken Levick alive. Theo Dorsey is CMWP TV News Channel Five, WFLX Fox Twenty Nine, the finest damn local sports broadcast you're going to find in the country. Damn right, right there at WPTV News That's Channel Five, WFLX Fox Twenty Nine. Stone Labanowitz Friday Night Lights. Uh, let me tell you about Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. That is the best damn dealership you're going to find in this area. Military Trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. I got my Kia K5 GT from there. Uh, George, Mike, all the folks over there, you are going to enjoy your car buying experience. Ken, enjoy a car buying experience? I'm not BSing you. I I don't like buying cars. I don't like the process. I don't like haggling. I don't like negotiating. At Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, they respect that. And it was more, here, Ken, what what are you looking for? It was all about me. It was about me. What car do you need for you, your family, your needs? All right, well, let's have you test drive this. And that's how I met my car love, my Kia K5 GT. No heartbreak there. It has been a great relationship. We do everything together. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, it is where you should get your automobile. The credit clinic on site. If you have bad credit, it's okay. This is what I love most about them. They are going to have your back. I like dealing with people that can have my back if I'm in a bad spot. I've had bad credit. I understand it. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach has their credit clinic on site. Check them out. You're not going to be disappointed. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, the selection is elite. Uh, Military Trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. That's Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, greenwaykiawestpalmbeach.com. Which was the most gut-wrenching loss this weekend in the NFL playoffs. What was the most gut-wrenching loss this weekend in the NFL playoffs? I say the Packers because you had a last gasp, a last chance as the overwhelming favorite to win a Super Bowl, to get to the Super Bowl, your first ballot Hall of Fame two times, soon to be two-time back-to-back MVP quarterback. You had him playing some of the finest football of his career, but instead he gets distracted with the anti-vax and talking to ESPN about Biden, and then he doesn't show up in the second half. And now you're about to be to square one because your salary cap situation is Hades. Mm. It is hell. It is flames licking at your heels. You're in a bad, bad spot. I say the Packers had the most gut-wrenching loss. That fan base is hurting and will be hurting for quite some time. But Theo and Stone... 
they, they can't get over how the Bills lost. Patrick Mahomes, 13 seconds mm. to, uh, to go 40-something yards, get Butker in a field goal position. Uh, it, took, it took Patrick Mahomes uh, less time to get the Chiefs in field goal position, starting from his 25, than it took Dak Prescott that final play against <laughs> the uh, 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 Cowboys and 49ers for yeah. a referee to come and touch the ball and then time <laughs> running out. Just to rub it in a little bit more, Cowboys fans. They deserve it. As much as they talk and bolster themselves out there, they deserve as many references to that QB sneak as possible. Yeah. We're going to squeeze them in. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> we are, yeah, we are going to absolutely make the most of that. Four gut-wrenching losses this week, and it's not like we were taking knees at any point. It's not like we were just calmly shaking hands and, hey, you, you outplayed us. Yeah. Uh-uh. There were three home teams that lost when the opposing kicker came out, uh. and then there was one team that had a lead with 13 seconds left and had a quarterback <laughs> drive on them 40-something yards in 13 seconds to have a field goal knocked in on them to force overtime, and then they never got the ball in overtime either. That's another discussion, and trust me, we will have it. Uh, But these are four gut-wrenching losses. Who had the most gut-wrenching loss of the weekend in the NFL? Packers, Titans, Bucks, or Bills? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's kick things off in Riviera Beach. That's where Terrence is. What's going on, Terrence? Good afternoon. How you doing? Good, bud. So I was watching the game, the Green Bay 49ers game. Yep. And the whole second half, what I realized was Aaron Rodgers asked for a wide receiver back from Houston and could never find the guy. Couldn't find no one. Mm-hmm. So I knew that game was going to happen at some point, lose for Green Bay. So my expectation level was low. But when you watch the Kansas City-Buffalo game, they had a pregame interview with Josh Allen, who played an amazing, amazing game. And he talked about where he was going to eat as he envisioned the Super Bowl championship, and he talked about where the parade was going to be and what it was going to be like. What that is. He had it in his hands with 13 seconds left. Yeah. I'm watching this game, and I'm like, he's actually finna go. <laughs> he's going to happen. You know? And, and it happened, right? I'm like, yeah. whoa. And all I can do was go back to the interview where he talked about the expectations for the whole city of Buffalo. He manifested it. So I have to go with Buffalo over Green Bay because Green Bay quarterback went to sleep, couldn't find a receiver that he begged for back from Houston. You know that kid that played for the University of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And then he looked his way. So I knew that was going to happen, but I didn't think it would happen due to special teams. So I have to go to the Kansas City Buffalo. All right. That's a good one, Terrence. And, and that's, that's along the lines of where Theo and Stone are. I, I mean, yeah, this is for that city, for that fan base, it's crushing. It is, but the one solace stone that I take is that unless something catastrophic happens and Josh Allen uh, has some sort of helmet to ribs, exploding his chest, fragments into his heart, uh, never going to be the same type of situation, I mean, the Bills have all the talent, they have the cap situation, and most importantly, they have the quarterback to get the job done and be back in that situation. Evan Cohen made the point on Twitter, and you hear him 11.55, 5.55 every day here on ESPN 106.3, that you feel better about the Bills after this season, despite the fact they came one round short of where they went last season because of how legit they look and really with how few holes they look 
this they have this time around. No doubt. Can I defend Aaron Rodgers just a little bit? Oh, please Cause, do. Cause, because you're crushing my boy. Wow. Clown. What you got? Not 20 you, of 29. Okay. And 225 yards. That's 70% of your passes getting completed. Okay. I mean, situationally, it didn't play out as proper as it has all season. They were 5 or 13 on third down. There's the key stat. But completing 70% of your passes compared to 11 of 19, 11 of 19 Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean... Yeah, he just didn't come up in the big moments, but that's what we expected him to do. Doesn't he have to find a way to score a touchdown? That's my only thing. Is yes. like he has to find a way. I know the 49ers defense was and they're they're incredible, and I think they're not getting enough respect in this. Right. They called a great game mm-hmm. and they executed well, amazing. Well, Theo, didn't we say that the 49ers were going to be a matchup problem yeah, for yeah, the Packers? For sure. And this is precisely the reason what we saw on Saturday. Yeah, and, and that's why. Like Stone, I don't put as much of the blame on Aaron Rodgers, but I do say, hey, if you're going to be that guy who's showing your tail all season, talking all that smack, trying to paint this to be the last dance, then you have to fall on your sword. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the special teams lost it, but Aaron Rodgers should have went out and won it. The and- only quarterback to throw a touchdown on Saturday, Ryan Tannehill. Woo! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're that's, right. Yeah. You're right. And, a- and, and, Stone, what I will say with you defending Rodgers, that's fine, and the numbers are superior to Jimmy Garoppolo. Don't sit here and try and prop up Aaron Rodgers at the expense of Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, like Jimmy Garoppolo did exactly what he was asked to do. He did exactly what we expected him to do. He was not asked to throw that that uh, that pass eight seconds too late to George Kittle that ended up being an interception. He didn't complete a pass in the first quarter. That's not his fault, balls. though. There were five drops. The 49ers balls. had five. Count five. Every finger on my hand. Five drops yeah. in the first. Eleven quarter. completions. Okay. That's what that's Jimmy was, G. Yeah, that's Jimmy G. He's not Aaron Rodgers. And in conditions, <laughs> and it snowed the entire second half. So again, we can sit here and make excuses for for Jimmy Garoppolo, but Jimmy Garoppolo did. If if listen, we we all know that Jimmy Garoppolo did what Jimmy Garoppolo does, and that was just sort of be there. Yeah, he existed, and he ultimately helped his team win a game. Aaron Rodgers. No showing in the second half, not executing on third down. You can't hold Jimmy Garoppolo to the same standard as the guy who's going to be the two-time MVP, Aaron Rodgers, who has the running game, who has the best receiver in football. Sorry. Like, it's just... And I know that the cop-out, the excuse machine, is going to keep puking up this special teams situation, but Aaron Rodgers, it's not like he had to come back. He never trailed up until the final second of the game. He's got to score. He's got to find a way to score with, with that kind of an offense. I know he didn't have his tackle in Brian Beluga. And I know he's going up against one of the best defenses mm-hmm. in the league. And they've been playing like that. But you, if you're going to be Aaron, if you're going to be capital A Aaron Rodgers. The victim. You're gonna be, Don't forget the, the, the ultimate victim. Right. The, the ultimate victim. And, and the hubris of the Packers fans, because now they want to play woe is me. But I remember, I think it was like the second quarter, Fred Warner did the championship belt he celebration. Did. He did. And all of these arrogant Packers fans out here, these cheeseheads, are all at home like, oh, they didn't mess up now. They did the championship. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, he's going to make Fred Warner pay. They they thought they won the game just because a guy did a celebration after he made an incredible play in coverage. And guess what? He just kept making good plays in Mm -hmm. coverage, and you lost. Absolutely. It makes it so much worse that they scored in three minutes in the first drive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they just marched down the field. Right down the field. And then you've got Corey Dillon just Blasting uh, or AJ, AJ Dillon, Dillon blasting through uh, Corey Dillon. That yeah, would be a, incredible. That's a blast from the back. Yeah, that would be an incredible feat at, at his age. <laughs> AJ Dillon just blasting through tacklers yeah. to, to find the end zone. But then after that, just fell apart. Nothing. There was absolutely nothing. I almost I almost tweeted uh like midway through the second quarter, at what point 
do Packers fans, as the, the stagnant offense con- uh, continued, at what point do Packers fans start to say, here we go again? And this was in the second quarter. And then that just yeah. extended yeah. and extended and extended and extended. And the special teams compounded the problem, but Aaron Rodgers couldn't make a play when he needed to make a play. Mm. I just look, that Packers team is going to get blown up. There's, it, their, their cap situation is, is dire. Aren't they like $40 million under the cap? Or over the cap? Yeah, something me. like that. Let me, let me give you some of the names. And I, I have this. I, I ended up, uh, I, I was able to track this. Uh, there, someone tweeted, who could be uh, gone from the Packers? The entire list uh, with the Packers losing. And it is, I mean, this list is long. This is a long, disturbing list if you're a Packers fan. It starts fan. with Devontae Adams, Well, Devontae the Adams is, is case in point. And you also, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, there's, there's no way he's coming back to that. If yeah. it indeed is a roster purge, there's no way. he's not coming back. Why would he come back to that? And you wonder if he's just done with, with football. If he's going to – think about how, how personally he took people teasing him, making fun of him, coming at him. Hey, his feelings hurt. His feelings are hurt. And he took that so personally. Why would he come back to football? It's clear that he's bothered by all of this. Yeah. Why would he be a glutton for punishment anymore? And also, if he goes to another team, like he's already the villain. The way that people were killing him on Twitter that night, and it feels like again oh, a decade ago. That was, yes, it does. <laughs> but man, that was, I mean, he got ganged he up got on. Killed. He, he got, got ganged. That was a slaughter. Up on. And, and for him to come back, let's just say he does go to one of these teams, the 49ers, the Broncos, whatever, like it ha- it's just the pressure on him. It's going to be Super Bowl or bust because every loss, every failed third down, Every incomplete pass, anything mm-hmm. that goes wrong with that team, we're all going to gang up on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Why would you volunteer yourself for that pressure for the shot? Maybe a 7 to 10% shot at winning a Super Bowl. Right, right. You know, their chances have gotten, uh, I mean, significantly lower. It's they're, time to hang it up. They're in serious trouble. I'll, I'll, of course, I had the list, and I can't find the list now. So we'll, um, we'll, we'll. I'll go through, though. It is a, a huge list of Packers that could be on their way out. It is a major, major, major problem for them. Uh, and, and that's why I think that this is the most gut-wrenching because the Packers are never going to be the same after this. Yeah, but They're never going to be the same after this. The Packers organization, I think, and they have a good head coach still, and I think they do have a track record of being able to reload. I mean, they're not going, they're not going to go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers again. Like we know that Jordan Love isn't oh, yeah. that. That ship that ship yeah. is sailing. The, the the first ballot Hall of Famer handing off to another one, passing the torch to yeah. another one, that ship has absolutely sailed. You're yeah. exactly right. Uh so which NFL fan base took the biggest gut wrenching loss this weekend? Which team took the biggest gut wrenching loss? Four teams, I mean losses that it's hard to wake up, get out of bed. After they happen, the Titans, who I believe if that was a bigger market, a more traditional team, we'd be talking a whole hell of a lot more about the Ryan Tannehill interception that he threw and the final possession for the Titans, which was an absolute mess. Was it the Titans, the Packers, the Bucks, or the Bills? Who had the most gut-wrenching loss this weekend? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. We'll get to social media when we come back. He's Theodore CWP TV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Lavica. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Lavica. <laughs> 
Heartbreak, that's the theme of today. Four teams, two days, inexplicable pain. Whether it's the Titans, the Packers, the Bucks, or the Bills. I mean, those are, as much as we enjoy the drama and the entertainment and everything this weekend had to offer, there are people that are suffering mm. today. Not just the players, but we're talking fan bases. That's as gut-wrenching of a loss Four losses. If it happened to one team, you'd say, oh, I feel bad for him. It happened to four teams, three home teams over the weekend. That's brutal. Yeah, all teams that also had hopes of winning a Super Bowl, not just winning this playoff game, but each of those teams really thought, like the Bucs thought they could repeat. The Titans fans had fooled themselves into thinking, we're a one seed, we are supposed to get to the Super Bowl. And you know the Bills thought this was their year. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta believe in yourself if you're the Bills. I, I think. Well, I, I, I don't know. I think Bills fans. Yeah, they thought that this was their year, but there also was. Uh, I think an acknowledgement. Like now we're starting to reach. You're getting closer to that peak. So maybe, just maybe, would it be nice to get to that point now? Yeah, but we have a high ceiling. There's still ceiling for the Bills to yeah. be able to touch. And I, I know that you're towing a dangerous line when you say, oh, it's okay, they'll be back, because Aaron Rodgers towed that line for (laughs) 12 years, and now look what happened. Uh, There's a chance that he never plays for the Packers again, I think a high chance, and a slightly lower chance that he never plays football again, period. Mm. Here's from Adam Schefter. The Packers now head into the offseason projected to be $44.8 million over the salary cap. The NFL's second most challenging offseason position behind only the New Orleans Saints. There's only 32 players under contract going into next year for the Packers. One of them is not Devontae Adams. Mm. That's not Aaron Rodgers ain't coming back if Devontae Adams ain't coming back. No way. Let's be, let's be abundantly clear yeah. about that. So they're in some serious, serious trouble. By the way, the Saints, not knowing if Sean Payton is coming back as the head coach, didn't see that one coming. Yeah. That broke over the weekend. That was a nice Friday news dump. We well, yeah. didn't see that one coming at and all. And also, they picked the perfect weekend for that one oh, to, yeah. to go out. Just completely flown under the radar. Yeah. But this is why, because of the Packers' future, I think that was the most gut-wrenching loss because this was the year. This was the last chance to win a Super Bowl. The Bills, the nature of it, that sucks. You thought it was a done deal. No other quarterback in the history of football is doing what Patrick Mahomes did with 13 seconds left. You fell victim to... All-time greatness. But the reason that you thought you had won with 13 seconds left was because your quarterback is approaching all-time greatness and has now opened that door. Yeah, That's a good problem to have. That door is wide open for him. It's wide open, and he has kicked it. Oh, but he's not backing into it. He's bowling his way through it. He ran it over. Yeah, he ran it over like he does TBs. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Who had the most gut-wrenching loss this weekend of the four teams that fell? Tennessee, Green Bay, Tampa, or Buffalo? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's go to Texas. That's where Skyler is. What's going on, Skyler? Hey, Ken. How's it going? I'd I'd just say uh, most gut-wrenching has got to be the Bills because – how do you get closure after that? Mm. You, I mean, I just don't think you do. You, when Josh Allen doesn't have a chance to touch the ball, I think it's just obvious that we need a we need a, a rule change at least for the playoffs as far as OT goes. So, uh, but yeah, there's just no closure there. Yeah, yeah. And then on the defense, I got to come to the defense for my boy Aaron okay. a little bit. Please do. Special teams. I mean, you guys talked about it a little bit. Special teams been the issue all year with the Packers, and obviously it was apparent in that game that that was an issue as well. 
people are not going to talk about Brady as much. But him and Rodgers were in very similar situations this weekend. The Bucks had 13 points until three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah, the Rams. They put up some points. So yeah, sure, the Rams ate up Tom Brady. A- ate him up. But he found a way. He did find a way with a similar offensive line situation, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He did. And the issue for both of them, Rodgers and Brady, was they both didn't perform on third down. Um, the Bucks were 3 of 14 on third down. The Packers were 5 of 12. So very similar, but Rodgers is going to – He's going to get a lot more heat from that, so I'll get that, but had to defend him here a little bit. Uh, and that's fair. That's fair. You can defend him all you want. That's fine. I'm still going to crush him. Yeah, yeah. And appreciate the call, Scholar. It, it's, so, so, Theo, you obviously weren't in here on Thursday, but Friday Night Lights can attest to this. I said that people were going to openly root against Aaron Rodgers this weekend because he's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Because the victim complex has gotten really annoying, and... Uh, he has made himself a bit of a martyr, which is annoying. Yeah. And as soon as something starts to, as soon as you started to sniff that we were going into Aaron Rodgers territory, which is come up short in the postseason, you could sense it as the third quarter was going on. I said it Friday, people were going to start pouncing. And make no mistake, Aaron Rodgers was going to start feeling the pressure on that. And it certainly seems like all of that came to fruition. I wasn't right about everything, and holy hell, we'll get to that in a new segment. We're calling why Ken sucks at his job uh, in hour number two. But, I mean, the, the, the fact that there already was a sizable portion of people rooting against him, they wanted to see him fail because of his off-the-field stuff this year, and then it started to feel like the same old playoff Aaron Rodgers I'm not surprised at the attention that Aaron Rodgers got after the game, yeah. getting dunked on over and over and over and over and over again. But it also just seems like this is the culmination of a career in Green Bay. Like, that's it. It's done. He's, I, I don't see a scenario in which he comes back. And this is why he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. You can defend him all you want with all the special teams were bad. And Tom Brady was similar. They had the same offensive line issues, same offensive line injuries, same veterans not playing. One player came back from a 27-3 deficit. Another completely disappeared into the snow. Yeah, and one of them, their backup's backup got hurt. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 Brady's backup backup. And mm-hmm. he was going up against Aaron Donald right. and Leonard Floyd and right. Von Miller. Like, Tom Brady, what he did is admirable. And when you're going to be as condescending as you are and as Aaron Rodgers, when you try to be so cool and suave and above it all, and I don't care, but I really do care, mm-hmm. and my feelings are like nobody's going to have sympathy for you. Sure, Skyler in Texas is going to call in and look out for you. That's nice and all, but at the end of the day, you kind of put this on yourself, and you don't. You're, you're not a guy that we should be sympathetic yeah. towards. Well, and again, I like I like Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback. Good quarterback. I'm with Skyler. I like Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback. What I don't like is Aaron Rodgers, the victim. And then I, I used to defend Rodgers' best pure talent at that position over Brady, but I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. And we saw yeah. on the same day why I can't do it. Because one completely disappeared. The other fought. The other found a way to fight. Never stopped And caring. get his team back in the yeah. game. And one looked listless. The other came up with a plan. You know, and it's not overly tangible. And I know I'm reading body language, which I think is is an inexact science. But one looked listless, didn't look good with the mannerisms on the sideline. The other one kept going, kept going. Yeah. Now again, the team he played kept vomiting all over itself. <laughs> that was helpful. <laughs> they but kept, he kept giving going. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the team that suffered the most gut wrenching loss this weekend, I say Packers. 
Theo and Stone, their heart bleeds for the Bills, for Bills Mafia. What about you? Which fan base took the most gut-wrenching loss? We're going to check in on some of the fans, friends of the show, of these teams that lost that we care for deeply, just to make sure that they're okay today. Which fan base took the most gut-wrenching loss? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Titans, Packers, Bucks, or Bills? 888-760-3776. We'll head back for the listening lunch hour number two. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5. I'm Ken Lavica. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Lavica. <laughs> And we're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, your path to the sports industry, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. And don't you forget it, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Theo Dorsey, one of the places he likes to hang out on Sundays. It's PBKC, and you're going to be doing it again this coming Sunday, right? That's right, on Championship Sunday, at least the morning before. It, That's right. Because PBKC, your entertainment destination with no-limit poker, table games, super simulcast, experience exceptional dining and exciting events including this one join me theo dorsey alongside jmart this sunday for the pbkc palm beach sports card and memorabilia show we'll be broadcasting live from the second floor of pbkc 10 to 11 a.m on sunday the pbkc palm beach sports card and memorabilia show with over 50 vendors that have sports memorabilia to buy sell and trade and much, much more. Admission is absolutely free. Parking is free. Get more information at pbkennelclub.com or by following PBKC on social media. And they have so many TVs so you can watch your championship Sunday right from that second floor. On Twitter, Titans, Packers, Bucks, Bills. Which loss this weekend was the most gut-wrenching? Uh, and it's pretty much a clean sweep. Ryan Lynch it's got to be the Bills. All they needed was a stop to avoid OT. Jamie Stangle, Bills not even close. David J. Neal, Miami Herald, it's the Bills. Mike G, Bills, 13 seconds to score is absurd. Finhead, no loss was more gut-wrenching to the fan base than the Bills. Frank Fort, Bills. Crash Taylor, Bills. Voss, Bills. Patrick Reppel says, no doubt, it's the Bills. The goddess says, the Bills. So, everybody is and i think if this game happened saturday it maybe wouldn't have the same type of volume of responses that the bills are getting it's fresh but i think it's fresh exactly uh and it's that fan base because also when i was making the point about how people wanted to pile on aaron Rodgers if things went poorly on saturday because there is this this inherent just shut up already kind of mindset when it comes to Rodgers, and i mean I'm sort of in that boat too, but I think the Bills were like the teddy bears of, <laughs> yeah. of this NFL postseason. There was a beloved nature to them. They are the team on the rise. They're young. Uh, they're, they're they're like the the young, attractive, upcoming uh, uh, new thing. They're the fad, yeah. and they throw yourselves through tables and you say, "I love you, Josh Allen and Hey Stephon Diggs. Why don't you come over and watch a movie with me?" You know, they they, they were that. They're that type of team, and they fell short, but in that manner, and because it's fresh, that's why there's so many. Bills had the most gut-wrenching loss. All of them standing alone, they're some of the most gut-wrenching playoff losses you could ever imagine, but the Bills, because of the freshness, because of who they are and what they mean to fans in the NFL right now, they're the current hot thing. That's why we're getting the reaction we're getting today. Well, also with the Bills, they're the only team of the four that lost the game that actually won the game. Like, the Bills won the game with 13 seconds left. Yeah, any other – yeah, if you're going up against any other team, the game's over. Yeah, 
And they actually like made a play to make sure. so they they celebrated. They had that elation, that breath of fresh air. We wanted like the Rams and the Bucks. The Bucks tied the game. You know, uh, the even in the Titans game, or uh, you know, the Titans didn't win the game. They lost the game really yeah. because they were up and then they kind of inched their way back into it. And then the Bengals just took advantage of a Ryan Tannehill <laughs> yeah, mistake. Was... The the Tanny trifecta, int, int, int. <laughs> you knew was coming. Uh, and then the Packers, just, you know, special teams, special teams, special teams. But Aaron, yeah. it's more Aaron Rodgers just being Aaron Rodgers. Can't he didn't seal make, the deal. He didn't, he didn't go and win the game like a Hall of Fame quarterback is no. expected to. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not even like a two-time MVP. It's a, a Hall of Fame guy. Yeah. But it's also, it's not like Tom Brady, who this was not an MVP season for him, but he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he found a way to get his team back in. Aaron Rodgers is going to win the MVP this year. He is. He is the two-time back-to-back MVP winner, and he still could not do anything. What, what do you think the separation between Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs is? Like, I know hmm. Devontae Adams is probably looked at as a better receiver. How, yeah. how? It's not that great of a gap, right? I don't think so, but they're also different types of receivers, too. Yeah. I mean, Devontae Adams has more size. Devontae Adams is someone who you feel a little bit better bodying up in a one-on-one, whereas Stephon Diggs is more of a, a, a burner, a route runner big too. play route runner. Yeah. And not that Devontae Adams is an elite route runner, but Stephon Diggs, that's how he's made his his career. But yeah, well, they're in the same neighborhood. I, I say that because defensive defenses play them similarly, at least like where they say, hey, we're going to try and stop this guy, whereas Josh Allen said, cool, I'm going to throw 200 yards to Gabe Davis then and keep mm-hmm. pulling you on the other side of the mm-hmm. field, mm-hmm. whereas Aaron Rodgers didn't have enough trust in an Allen no, Lazard or was, even a Randall Cobb, yeah. and he kept forcing it to Adams. Yep. It was just uh, lock in on Devontae Adams. You're so right. I think Allen, in a way, Josh Allen looked more like the veteran quarterback who made the right move and took what the defense gave him versus Aaron Rodgers, who's supposed to be the, the four-time MVP veteran Hall of Fame quarterback, and he's still forcing the ball to his number one receiver on third and yeah. long. And it's just making a fool of himself. I think that that's pretty spot on. Josh Allen definitely looked like the guy who uh, was more dynamic, had the better vision, and was able to spread it out yeah. more. Four yeah. touchdowns to Gabe Davis in over 200 yards. Ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it was absolutely <laughs> insane. I'm sorry, Bills fans, I know today sucks. I know it, I know it, I know it. But, man, you have a gem. A gem mm. in Josh Allen. By the way, that game last night, what the, what the Chiefs and Bills were playing yesterday and what the fourth quarter Rams and Buccaneers were yesterday, I don't know how you classify what the Dolphins played this season, what they put on the field, as anything resembling championship-level football. It, it, not there even is the same such a, a, a concerning gap now mm. between the best three or four teams in the NFL and everybody else, and that includes the Dolphins and the Jets. And the Giants. I mean, hell, the Patriots aren't even in the same realm as what we saw with the two games yesterday. I mean, the Chiefs and Bills, what they put on last night, that's that's like football on steroids. That's How do you even come close to competing with that? How do you beat that? That was the AFC Championship last night. The Bengals are a great story, but Joe Burrow, if he's getting sacked nine times again yeah. in Kansas City... That's a done deal, man. There ain't going to be no drama next weekend. You saw the way Melvin Ingram was throwing offensive tackles around in that game, mm-hmm. and those were that's a decent off. That's a good Bills offensive line. Oh, man, yeah, the Bengals are in for some trouble. The Dolphins, Chris Jones. Oh, the Dolphins have so much work to do. It's oh, yeah. daunting. <laughs> yeah, it is daunting. <laughs> don't even think about. Don't do that to yourself right now, Ken. You have all off season, all week right. to think about that. 
Enjoy what we just witnessed. Don't I know. think about your heartache. But I, 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 thinking about it this morning, I mean, that's for me the reason why maybe the Dolphins just go hire Brian Dable. And I've been very intent on go get a guy with head coaching experience because yeah. that didn't work out with Joe Philbin, new guy. Didn't work out with Adam Gase, new guy. Didn't work out with Brian Flores, new guy. But Brian Dable, one, you get him away from the Bills. Yeah, yeah. And two, <laughs> maybe you get some of that Bills offensive design. I, I uh, man. But God, but you don't get Josh kid, Allen, though. That's the thing. I know. That's the it's, thing. It's Josh Allen's yeah. the one who makes that whole thing work. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just trying to think of this, one, from a strategic standpoint and from a dastardly standpoint, yeah. where I can maybe diminish the Bills just a little bit to not lose by 30. Yeah. To not lose by 30 to the Bills, which, as Friday Night Lights can attest to, that's about every time the Dolphins and Bills hook up, it's been a 30-point loss. Brian Flores was absolutely massacred every time he went up against the Bills. And the common denominator there? Josh Allen. Yeah. The Dolphins don't have Josh Allen, but maybe they can get the offensive coordinator. I don't know. But that, that has made me come around on getting someone who doesn't have the head coaching experience because Brian Dable, his resume is just shot through the roof at this point. And can we get back to maybe talking about Eric Bieniemy? We can, but are the NFL owners going to interview him or hire him? I just, like- two years ago, he was the guy. Didn't get the job. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and we both agreed that unfortunately just seemed like he ended up being the token popular black coach. Yeah, he's the he he became prospect. the yeah it became almost like they tried to make it into affirmative action guy. Yeah. Like, no, he's a damn good offensive coordinator. Can be a great play caller for a lot of these places. And instead, you're looking at Kellen Moore now. Yeah, I know. Uh, I mean that's that's abysmal. If you think Kellen Moore is a better prospect like, than Eric B. And you know what I hate too is oh, but he doesn't call plays. It's like with Mike McDaniel's out in San Francisco. Oh, but he doesn't call plays. Why did that ultimately? does not matter. You have an offensive mind. You have a guy who is diagramming plays just because in-game he's not calling the plays. That is not make or break about whether or not you're qualified to be a head coach. Sorry, I used to think that way. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It is an excuse. It absolutely is because it's, it's this typical football overthinking. Football is not a difficult sport. It is very simple at its core. Friday Night Lights, you'll attest to it. You played it for a long time. While schematically, it might you might think that there's physics and <laughs> what what is this? What is that? How do you read that? At its core, football is a very simple game. You diagram plays, you execute plays, you are able to scout the opponent, and you execute. And life is good. And if you are able to diagram better plays and be creative, it doesn't matter if you're the one calling them in-game or not. You have created them. Right. If you are a coordinator, a pass game coordinator, run game coordinator, and you're not calling your plays, that just goes to show you how good of a system you have in place Mm -hmm. and how on the same page all the offensive players and the offensive staff is. Mm -hmm. It, It almost seems like you're more confident. And the guy not calling plays, knowing what plays are going to be called. Patty Mahomes, knowing what plays mm-hmm. are going to be called in certain situations. Like, if you're on the same page, it does not matter at all. Yeah. I mean, the way I look at it, if you have an offensive coordinator like Mike McDaniels, okay, and Jimmy Garoppolo is his quarterback, and you have helped Jimmy Garoppolo propel you into an NFC championship game after back-to-back road wins, or a Kellen Moore who has what we're – assuming is a top seven quarterback in the NFL in Dak Prescott, and the Cowboys of the last five weeks of the season and then into their first playoff game, 
What's more attractive to you right now? I'm taking the guy in the Bay Area. Yeah. Yeah, he could do more me. with less. Yeah, he's doing oh, more with less. Oh, but he doesn't look like a head coach. He's spindly and small, and uh, God forbid he has a personality and wants to speak about things other than football. Ah, uh, uh-uh. I want a meatball who's gnashing on gum and getting in people's faces. No, that's stupid. If if Eric Bieniemy looked like Sean McVay, he would have had a job five years oh, ago. I love that. You're exactly right. It just it plain and simple. If he looked like Sean McVay, he would have had a well, job five years ago. I tell you what's going to happen too. Um, not only is Eric Bieniemy not going to get a head coaching job, we're going to have the same discussions about Byron Leftwich oh, this yeah, offseason Byron too Leftwich. that we had two years ago about Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, I mean it's the NFL. I mean I'm just not shocked at this point. So it's like it's no, hard to yeah. I'm just like it's the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, James is in Lake Worth. James is on Ken Levick alive. What's going on, James? Hey, uh, hey guys. Um, you know, you were talking about which fans hurt the most today. Yeah. You know, I I'd say the football fan hurts the most today after watching probably arguably one of the greatest football games ever. It gets the overtime, and you know we don't even get a chance to see Allen. I mean, I I feel we're the ones that got cheated. The, 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 you know, I I'm not a Chief fan or a, uh, a, a a Bill fan, but as a football fan, I feel I got cheated on one of the the greatest football games ever. Yeah, and you're not the only one. Uh, now, let me present to you, and appreciate the call, James. Let me present to you Theo Dorsey. Theo, if you could, um, if you could just sort of lay out your thoughts on, on Josh Allen not touching the football in overtime yesterday. Okay, this is what I'll say. Josh Allen and the Bills knew going into that game what the overtime rules were. We as viewers knew what the overtime rules were, and the Bills had the number one defense. I don't want to hear people crying and playing the results of we didn't get to see Josh Allen touch the football in overtime as the main reason why we need to change the overtime rules today. There's multiple things the Bills could have done better on defense or on special teams and even on offense that I I told you I had an idea that the Bills could have done that would have kiboshed all of this that could have won them the game in regulation. But they did let it get to overtime, and football's a team sport. If you're going to have a defense – that got gassed. You don't have. Maybe you're not deep enough, and Patrick Mahomes is going to carve you up at the end. That's it. It is what it is to me, and I, I just don't think the whole college system are trying to bring in like, oh, you get a chance, you get a chance. Oh, you no. Play football is the team sports. It's three phases. If you lose on one phase, you might lose the game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers learned that, and the Bills learned that just last night in a game against Patty Mahomes. So overtime is always going to be something that is debated in yeah. the NFL. I'm not wholly against what NFL overtime is. I think it got improved with the rule several years ago because that was perfect. Aaron Rodgers didn't get a touch in overtime, and that's why the overtime rules were changed. Um, I'm okay with them. But where I still have a problem, just from an inherent competition standpoint, baseball, extra innings, both teams get to hit. Okay? Yeah. Soccer. Oh, penalty shootout. That's a crap way to decide a game. Well, both teams get to kick. Yeah. Um, basketball, overtime. Both teams have a possession. Uh, hockey. Ah, shootouts. Bleh. But both teams get to get to shoot. Every sport on the planet that's a legitimate professional sport where there's a lot of money that people pay and players get paid to compete in, they have an extra quarter or an overtime or a sudden death where both teams get to touch the ball. Yeah. The only exception is football. That is an inherent problem. 
I do think that has to change. Is that the story of yesterday? No. I think a lot of people want to make Josh Allen not touching the ball in overtime the story of yesterday's game. That's not the stories of yesterday's game. No. 13 seconds, Pat Mahomes doing what he did. That's the story of yesterday's game. Josh Allen ripping apart the Chiefs, going toe-to-toe with arguably the best quarterback in the league. That's the story of the game. Overtime's not the story of it. Do we need a mass overhaul? No. But there is something inherently unfair with the current NFL system. Even though it's improved, the current NFL system where both teams aren't guaranteed to touch the ball. It, it, it is true that it's different, but football is inherently a different sport. If you, if you look at what football is, especially with how much of a – like, do I want to see these guys going at it for another – 15 minutes? I don't think so. The Bills' defense was obviously gassed, and either one of those defenses would have just kept getting scored on back to back to back. Is that exhilarating? Is it fun? Yes. Is the number? Would, would it be cool as a fan to watch those offenses keep going after them? But at the end of the day, if you're going to be the number one defense in the league and you're going to tout yourself as that and you're going to be a, a full team, I mean, the Bills are good on all three phases, you got to make stops. you got to make the right calls. Maybe you squib kick it. Maybe – on offense, and this is my radical theory right. that nobody's talking about. Let's hear it. Let's this hear it, it, Theo Bieniemy. And I think everybody will agree with me when you give time to let it digest. You score <laughs> that touchdown with 13 seconds left. Everybody's looking at the squib kick. Everybody's looking at how they play defensively with 13 seconds left, playing so soft and letting the Chiefs run on them. If you go for two with Josh Allen as your quarterback, who we already talked about is one of the craziest threats in the red zone, him the runner pass. Do you think the Chiefs' defense would have been able to stop them if they went for two there? Mm. Same result if you miss it because the Chiefs win then on the field goal and um. you don't get to touch the ball in overtime. But if you score I mean, that, that is touchdown, playing the result though. But I'm not. All right, so let's not even play the result. I'm trying to consume this. It hasn't upset my tummy yet. It's it's got to be at least a sixty percent proposition that that Josh Whoa. Allen gets you a two point conversion there. Josh Allen. We're not talking about average oh. quarterbacks. Yeah. We're talking about Josh Allen, that Bills offense against that gassed Chiefs defense that have ran up and down the Stone, field. Stone, I don't entirely hate it. If you go for two and score, there's no way the Chiefs are scoring a touchdown on you in 13 seconds. With how hot the topic has been this season, just imagine not getting it. If you miss the two-point conversion, you still have 13 seconds to stop them from getting in the field goal range, and maybe you don't play so soft like they did because they knew that even a field goal would not end their season. I'm telling you, Make- I— I can't sit here and defend Chargers head coach for going for it on fourth down every single possession <laughs> and then just poo-poo Theo's got, theory here. You right. got Josh Allen. You have Josh Allen and you're going up against a gas. Remember, that was regulation. They didn't even get the break at that point. Yeah. A gas defense. And he had just completely torn them to shreds. And he's been killing them. He's hot. He hasn't messed up on a single play in the past three, four minutes of the game. Do you remember the two-point conversion to Stephon Diggs? That he's just completely running for his life, making it happen. And he goes to the back of the end zone. And he made it happen. So put the ball Mm. in the hands of your best player. Theo, you're making me tingly. You go for two, you go up by four. (laughs) All right. And even Magic Mahomes can't score a touchdown in 13 seconds. Talk dirty to me. Let's go. I kind of like this. Let's go. So tied to, you know, the one of the greatest football games of all time, that would have been one of the greatest calls of all time. That would have been a great call. Oh, man. It would have been a great call because you go up by four, and people are going to criticize it if you miss it, maybe. But still, you give your defense a chance. Even if you miss it, let's say you miss it, you're up by two. You're going to say, I have a defense that can stop them from getting in the field goal range with two plays. Like, oh, you, maybe you play it a little differently because they played the guts, way too man. soft. Theo's I would have went for two. Guts, man. You know what? I kind of like it. I'm, I, and not only am I not going to poo-poo it, I'm going to endorse that. Let's do it. <laughs> Theo, I'm into that. Bob's in Port St. Lucie. What's going on, Bob? <laughs> hey, guys. Um, the game for me, if I were a Bucks fan... I would be more heartbroken because they tried to come back 
tried to come back, and the Rams ultimately beat them. Yeah, they, they not only came back, but then they just completely lose arguably the NFL's best wide receiver on a deep bowl to have everything Corner, come yeah. crashing down on top of them after a 27-3 comeback. That's so deflating in the grand scheme of things. What I'm also wondering is, is this going to be bye-bye Brady? Could be. Could be. Let's hear him after the game and appreciate the call, Bob. Uh, let's go ahead, Stone. Sorry to uh, throw an audible at you here, but uh, I do like Bob programming the show. Uh, this was Tom Brady after the game yesterday. I do have a feeling, Theo, when you're back tomorrow, this might be a legitimate long topic of conversation. But here's Tom Brady yesterday about his future after the loss to L.A. I haven't put a lot of thought into it, so you know, we'll just take it day by day and see. Let's we'll see where we're at. Did you at least take a moment as you came off the field or, or any time today to, to think about that, to think that this this might be the last time I'm out here? No, I was thinking about winning. That's kind of my mentality always, to go out there and try to win, give my team the best chance to win. Day by day. Going to take it day by day. Yeah. You know what that means? He's having some doubts. He's at least considering it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Stone's not into it. I'm not into it. That's Aaron Rodgers-like. He ain't going nowhere. Brady well, ain't going let's nowhere. Hear, let's hear Aaron Rodgers. Let's hear Aaron Rodgers juxtaposed here against Brady. Here's Aaron Rodgers on his future. And, I mean, you would agree, Theo, that it seems a lot more likely that Aaron Rodgers is either A, not coming back to Green Bay, or B, done altogether than it yeah. would be Brady, even despite a pretty sizable age difference. Here's Aaron Rodgers after the Packers lost to San Francisco. You know, so many guys' contracts are, are up or on the brink or salary cap stuff. So a lot of decisions to be made. I don't want to be a part of a rebuild uh, if you know, if I'm gonna keep playing, so uh, that's it right there. A lot of decisions, you know, in the next couple months. That certainly seems a lot more dire than Tom Brady's yeah. day by day, right? He said literally, "I don't want to be part of a rebuild," which is kind of what the Packers are stumbling into. And for him to say the second part of it, uh, which was what well, he said, uh, "I lost it." I don't want to be part of a rebuild. Yeah, then he said something else. Pretty much what he's saying is, "I don't think I'm gonna like like the Magic mm-hmm. Johnson uh, meme." I ain't going to be here. I ain't going to be here. Uh, Tom Brady, I, you can't have a guy, too, who has spent years chirping about playing a 50, and then now after one play away from going to another NFC championship game, yeah. he's going to hang it up. I would be surprised. Exactly. Is it out of the realm of possibility? No. But would I be surprised? Yeah. You're not mad at him for playing along like that? Like, No, because I do think there's doubt. There was a report before the game that he's at least discussed it. With confidence. I, I believe it was Jake Glazer. I like that. I think this also plays into what Tom Brady has been doing all year and it's giving us more, like making the conversation more about him because he likes these storylines coming out. He likes people discussing it so then he can either poo-poo it or, you know, eventually walk off into the sunset. But Aaron Rodgers does it and you hate it. Well, Tom but Aaron Brady. Rod- no, because Aaron Rodgers is a drama queen. Yeah. And he's a victim. Oh, I did something <laughs> stupid and people are mean to me. Feel bad for me. Like, that's Aaron Rodgers. It's just so annoying. Yeah, so annoying. Tom Brady's also a little more cool about it and less condescending. Yeah. And less know-it-all. Much and less, less condescending. Like, it's, it's personality. Hey, Pat, can I come on your radio show so I can talk about how uninformed I am and Dr. Jim Roden and I'm from Michigan and I'm in a victim. Oh, he Pat, sounded just Pat. like that, too. It's crazy. <laughs> just that was a great impersonation. Like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Ken Levick Alive is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. And uh, let me tell you about what's coming up here in Palm Beach County. We have the LPGA returning to Palm Beach County. Some of the biggest stars, including Madeline Sagstrom, who I talked to a couple of weeks ago. 
Honda Classic Live. She won the GameBridge LPGA at Boca Rio two years ago. It is back at Boca Rio Golf Course January 27th through the 30th. Join us for the first LPGA event of the season, the tournament World number one, Nelly Corda, 2020 champion Madeline Sagstrom, as I mentioned, and fan favorites, Brooke Henderson, Lydia Ko, and Lexi Thompson competing uh, for the $2 million purse at the GameBridge LPGA. To purchase tickets, visit GameBridgeLPGA.com. The LPGA Tour kicking off 2022 right here in Palm Beach County at the beautiful Boca Rio Golf Course, the biggest stars in golf in our own backyard. Go check them out. And right now, we're giving away a four-pack of tickets to see him again January 27th through the 30th, Boca Rio Golf Course. This is coming up. LPGA, the first event of the season, the GameBridge LPGA. That's right. The world number one is there, Nelly Corda, the champion of two years ago, Madeline Sackstrom. She's there. Lexi Thompson, she's there. Four-pack of tickets to caller number three right now, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. Four-pack of tickets to see the GameBridge LPGA first event of the season at Boca Rio Golf Course, January 27th through the 30th. 888-760-3776. Third caller gets a four-pack of tickets when we return. He is Theodore Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 20. I'm Ken Lavica, and we check in on our poor, sad fans when we return. We're live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Lavica. We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA sport your path to the sports industry uh, I want to reach out to um, some of our unfortunate friends today friends of the show friends of Ken Levick alive and not they're not personally unfortunate Theo but as we laid out earlier the fact that they're fans of teams that actually have expectations mm. uh, that that they are capable of achieving possible greatness that's on them that's their fault we, you a Panthers fan, me, grew up Bears fan, Dolphin supporter, we've chosen mediocrity, which yeah. is good. Yeah. It saves heartbreak. Yeah, it's very, very <laughs> it's safe. safe Exceedingly safe. But Bills fans, they're hurting. Bucks fans, they're hurting. Packers fans, mm. Titans fans, it's been a rough, rough, rough weekend. So what I wanted to do is just, I feel it's part of our, as, as, as hosts, Theo, and part of our presence in the community, Stone, to, to do things for others mm. and to reach out and to show that, um, that we care. So we're going we're gonna to do that right now. Okay? You mentioned last week you were a man of the people. I am a man of the people. Theo, man of the people. Yeah. More so than me. I actually don't like people. Theo does <laughs> like people, and he's a man of the people. People's champ. Yeah. So if you could, let's, um, let's, uh, let's call our friend Ashley Holder uh, up in Buffalo. She's a, a big Bills fan. And uh, she's a reporter up there, WGRZ, uh, in Buffalo. Let's go ahead and uh, give her a call, though. Just reaching out. Friendly phone call. So, Theo, we're just going to be there for, for them, okay? Just a, a proverbial radio shoulder to, to cry on, okay? Okay, that's, that's going to be fun. This is going to be yeah, fun. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want to make sure that they know that, uh, that, that we are there for them. And um, let's see. Is um, it ringing? There we go. There it is. It took a while. 
2022, we're still trying to get this phone thing together. It's nice, though. Hello. Hi, uh, Ashley. Uh, this is Ken Levicka from uh, ESPN 106.3 in West Palm Beach. You're on the air. Uh, I, we, Theo Dorsey is here. Yeah. Uh, and hey, uh, we're just reaching out to uh, fans of, of football teams that lost over the weekend, and we want to make sure you're okay as a Bills fan today. Of course, I'm doing good. And see, the difference is I'm not a Bills fan. I just report for the team. So we got to be clear on that. Oh, oh okay. Okay, well, that's good. You've you, saved yourself some hold of the... On. She has her twins, and she, new twins, by the way. Congratulations. Congratulations. You have Thank Bills you. onesies for the twins. I think you might be okay. A no, actually, okay, so I'm pretty known in Buffalo. So the hospital and the team made sure oh. that I had stuff ready for the twins. I'm actually a Steelers fan, so oh, that's a whole separate yeah. discussion. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, we were already going down, so it doesn't matter. But I am hurt. I am hurt for the Bills. Trust me, right. I, it hurts me to see Josh Allen on, on Zoom right now. It, it sucks. Uh, it's and it's good for business. Yeah, I mean, you you being a reporter up there at WGRZ, it's good for business when the Bills are are a step away from the Super Bowl or winning. So this inherently is painful. What about the people around you? Is it is it a dour Buffalo? right now oh for sure i mean from what i've what i've heard i'm actually back in charlotte right now but um talking to everybody you know bill's mafia is upset they're sad you know and i think when you go out against the same team that put you out of the afc championship game last year then you lose to them the next year in the divisional round i mean it just kind of feels like david and goliath right like you got to figure out how to get over that hump because right now the chiefs are their kryptonite yeah but yeah. You saw the game. That game was phenomenal. That was the best game of the weekend. I mean, it was a great weekend of football, but that by far was the best. And you can tell that that Buffalo Bills team, they're going to go to a Super Bowl and they're going to get a they're going to get a championship. That's 100%. what I keep saying. I agree with Ashley. That's why it's not as gut wrenching to say the Packers who are about to blow up their team because there's a future right. with the with the Bills. Well, Ashley, congratulations on the Twins. Uh, enjoy Charlotte, and uh, when you get back to Buffalo, uh, just please be very very delicate with those people. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry, I will. We'll talk next year when they get the Super Bowl. All right. Oh, oh bold. a declaration. Bold. Appreciate you, Ashley. That's Ashley Holder again, WGRZ uh, up in uh, in Buffalo. So she's doing okay. Yeah, yeah, she's okay That's now good. because she's able to be at home. She's, she has her twins to look after. She's doing her motherly duties away from Buffalo. I get it. Here's what we'll do. If, if, if you have anybody out there that you know that is a Bills fan and would like us to reach out, uh, just as a friendly friendship phone call to check mm. in on them, a welfare check, if you will. If you have a Bills fan we need to talk to, call right now, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Give Stone the name and the phone number of the person we're calling off the air, and we'll call them on the air and make sure that they feel okay. <laughs> uh, until then, let's go ahead and uh, call, uh, should we call uh, Marketing Director Courtney? I think uh, it's huge good. Huge Packers fan. Yeah, 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 let's go ahead and uh, and do that. Let's go ahead and give her a call here. All right, man, Packers fans, they are certainly trying to fight through this. What a what a tough weekend, and and their team is about to completely disintegrate. Yeah. Other than that, though, life is good, right? At yeah. least they have Lambo. They have Lambo, and they still have Matt Lafleur, which yeah. Courtney's a big fan of Matt Lafleur. We should ask her about Matt Lafleur. Oh yeah, I wonder to. how good Matt Lafleur is going to be without Aaron Rodgers. Oh hey, uh, Courtney, uh, marketing director Courtney, you're on the air. Uh, this is uh, Ken Levicka, Theo Dorsey, Stone Labanowitz, Ken Levicka live. You know the show. Um, we just wanted to kind of give you a welfare call, see uh, see how you're doing after the Packers lost on Saturday. I am not well, Ken. Um, Stone, hit the music, please. For ben. I have never been more heartbroken mm-hmm. or upset after I pack. 
Uh, so, so um, how did you consume Saturday's loss? What did you do in the immediate aftermath? We, I just want to make sure that uh, that you're doing things healthily. Oh, I mean, you know, I just drank my sorrows away. You know, yeah. I feel like that's the only logical thing you can do. Sure, sure, sure. You know, it's either that or drown in self-pity and, like, self-doubt. So I might as well consume an alcoholic beverage to help those thoughts go away. I wonder, though, Courtney, is there any consolation that now you feel Matt LaFleur had his glow-up? I saw those tweets <laughs> you put of <laughs> pictures of Matt LaFleur. <laughs> Does that help console you in your time of darkness here? I mean, I guess, like, he's great to look at, and he's a wonderful specimen. I mean, he did give, okay, the thing is, I have to give it to Jimmy Garoppolo. Even though I hated his guts because he made Aaron Rodgers look like garbage during that game on Saturday. He did. But he is, he is fine to look at. Like, it's almost like you can't be mad at Jimmy Garoppolo for, like, winning because he's just, so damn attractive, yeah. and you're just like, man, he's a good-looking human. Uh, okay. yeah. So Courtney, it's like you can't really be mad at him, yeah. you know? Well, Courtney, he's just so Courtney, good. Courtney was definitely drinking during the game yeah, on yeah. Saturday. Yeah, might be drinking uh, right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, so moving forward, what if you never see Aaron Rodgers, uh, his number 12 in a Packers uniform again, Courtney? I just want to make sure that you're prepared for the worst here, okay? Because we're reaching out to you to make sure you're okay. I mean, yeah, listen, I, this was Aaron Rodgers' last game at Lambeau Field. If any of you listened to his press conference, he made it very clear that he did not want to be part of a rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I think if Devontae Adams leaves, he leaves. They're an unofficial official package deal at this point. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, if you're in a relationship with somebody, and neither, like, both of you know it's time to break up and both of you know it's time to like go your separate ways but neither of you want to be like the first one to do it yeah that's where we're at right now with aaron Rodgers. like we're basically just waiting on who is gonna like break up with who first but Mm. i think we're mentally prepared as packers fans that that was aaron Rodgers' last game well we wanted to reach out to you we want to do what to make sure you're okay uh we're glad that you're you're functioning today and if uh if you need a shoulder Theo, Stone, myself, we're pretty broad-shouldered. Uh, we'll help you through this difficult time, okay? We got you. Thanks. I, uh, I will be taking portions of all three of your paychecks to pay for my therapy. <laughs> oh, man, that was actually – I did not expect that. You know what? Uh, go 49ers. Appreciate that. Uh, we're, we're trying to make, uh, we're trying to make uh, some, some, some people feel better here today. Uh, what do we have here, Stone? Go ahead and uh, we're, we're trying to find a Bills fan that we can uh, make a welfare call to. And I think we got one. Okay. Ed from TC Palm called. Yeah. And imagine that John wasn't listening because he's working right now. Oh, oh, but John gotcha. Santucci is a major Bills fan. Oh, John mm. Santucci. So we should give we should give John a call. Real we quick. should give old John a call. All right, let's go ahead and give uh, John a call here. All right, let's see here. Uh, let's see here. All right, John Santucci, our friend from uh, from uh, from up north in the uh, the Treasure Coast, one of the most outstanding high school football writers of. Uh, of all time, to be honest, and he covered Stone an awful lot uh, in high school. If we get a voicemail, just pick up the phone. Uh, let's see here if uh, we can. Uh... Hello. Hi, uh, John. This is Ken Lavica. You're on the air on ESPN 106.3. Uh, good to talk to you. It's been a while, but also we wanted to reach out. You being a Bills fan and uh, make sure that you're okay. 
Okay, so John didn't want to be. <laughs> I think I think we lost John. <laughs> Did John hang up on us? Oh man, John definitely hung <laughs> up on us. Thanks a lot, Ed. John. Uh, all right, we were just trying to make. You know what? He but I get it. it. Was a prank call. I get it. No, I probably, but also I get it. He doesn't want to talk about it yet. He said he, he doesn't want to hurt. talk about it yet. He's, He's in a tough mourning period. I totally understand that. Uh, that was actually legitimately <laughs> hilarious, and I did not see that coming. Um, let's go ahead and uh, let's so call a Bucks up. fan here, shall we, uh, Stone? Let's call a, a Bucks fan. This is the call I've been waiting on. Yeah. So uh, we are going to call a woman who joins us every Wednesday here on Ken Levick Alive, who spent $700 to sit in the lower bowl oh. of yesterday's um, Buccaneers-Rams game to uh, watch her team lose and possibly the last game that Tom Brady's ever played. And this is a woman who was so confident in the Bucs that she thought about buying Super she Bowl did. tickets. She talked to me about that, and I said, that's foolish. I, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, very, very foolish. And I'm glad that she uh, she did that. Uh, she maybe got to see him. Hello? Uh, hi, uh, Jeanette Javier. This is uh, Ken Levicka from ESPN 106.3. You're on the air. Oh, Stone, by the way, uh, play the music, please, uh, if you could. Let's go ahead and uh, play the music here. Um, uh, so, uh, Jeanette, what we're doing here is um, it's Theo Dorsey, Stone Lebanowitz, hey, Ken Levicka. You know us from ESPN 106.3. Um, uh, we just hey. wanted to call and make sure that uh, that you're doing okay after the Bucks. I'm not. Yesterday. How are you feeling? I'm definitely not. Oh, no. I'm not okay. I'm hungover and heartbroken. You're hungover and heartbroken. Mm. First of all, let's talk about the hangover. Just how bad of a hangover are we talking right now? It was pretty rough in the morning. Um, it was a little tough to get out of bed. It, I had Excedrin, some Pedialyte, mm-hmm. um, a lot of water. I had a, like a, my mommy made me a lobster bake. I'm in Orlando trying to recover because I went to the game last night. Um, so it's been pretty rough. And then you know, just the memories of being there. Of I saw that touchdown right in front of uh, me when it, the, the game uh, tied. Uh, it happened goodness. right in front of me. That touchdown came towards you. Yeah. It, it, yes, it, it, it did. marching to your heart. Oh. Man, it was, was as if it was for me. It was like yeah. Brady to Leonard Fournette. Jeanette, this one's for you. Man, and is. I stood there and I took it and I lost my voice. I didn't have a voice this morning. Um, uh, did you say you had a lobster bake after the game to try and uh, fight the hangover? No, no, no. Uh, yeah, I just had it. I just had it like an hour ago. Oh, my mom made it for me. Is that a good idea for uh, for a hangover as a lobster bake? I'm just wondering. I have no regrets. I think you should try it. Okay. It was pretty good. There was a lot of cheese on it. There was a lot of cheese on it. I think that's what really made the difference here. So, Jeanette, Mike Evans' touchdown yes. came right in front of you, right at you, right towards you. Yes. And Stafford's pass to Cooper Cup was just heading the opposite way. Oh. The, the like- stadium went silent. Listen, listen when I say you could hear a pin drop in that same. When that ball flew in the air and on the other end you see Cooper Cup completely wide open, you literally just stood there. The shock, my face, just my jaw dropped and everybody else around me. And that was really the special part for me. It was like, thank God I was just surrounded by a bunch of fellow Buccaneers fans because we really went through all the pain together. Well, we were probably you- feeling all the pain together I- right now. I want you to know, Jeanette, that your family here at Ken Levick Alive is here for you. So if you need anything, please uh, reach out. Uh, late night call, direct that to uh, Stone. Um, but um, if, uh, if if you need anything, if you need some flowers, maybe Uber Eats delivered to your house, let us know. We'll take care of you, okay? Oh, yeah. I really appreciate the support. Thank you. And thank you for the work that you're doing. I know all of us fans who are really heartbroken today appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. No, it is It is our pleasure. We're doing it as a service to the people. Thank you, Jeanette Javier. She'll join us Wednesday here on uh, Ken Levick Alive. Do we have time, Stone, for uh, uh, just one more Titans call? Absolutely. All right, let's do, let's do one Titans call here. We're going to call uh, Aiden Reed. This is a, um, a high school teammate 
of of yours, Stone? A college football teammate. College football Music teammate. Music City. Yeah. Uh, so he he lives in uh, Nashville. He lives correct? in Nashville too. Uh, really? Uh, is oh, he yeah. gonna is he gonna hang up on us too? No, he will not. Okay. That was uh, still still. Hey, uh, John. No hard feelings, man. We just wanted to make you feel better. <laughs> we were trying to help him. Yeah. But you know what? He's not ready. He's not ready he's, for people to reach out. Ready. And you know what? I completely understand that. We have to be understanding in this moment for him. Yeah. It will yeah, give him space. Because uh, we're sensitive to people's feelings right yeah, now. It, it was a rough weekend in the NFL for four fan bases. Yeah, yeah. But great um, for everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Great for everybody else. Hello? Uh, hi, uh, Aaron. Uh, this is Ken Levick at ESPN 106.3 in West Palm Beach. Ken Levick at Theodore and Stone Labanowitz. Uh, we're just calling welfare check uh, on Titans fans right now, and we wanted to make sure you're okay. How you feeling this morning, pal? Uh, not feeling the best, but probably feeling a lot better uh, than Ryan Tannehill after his performance with the uh, the three key interceptions. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was really bad. We're calling that the Tannehill trifecta, uh, yeah. by the way, today. Um, co op that. Uh, so, so Aaron, how did you how did you handle the loss on Saturday? What did you do in the immediate aftermath of the Titans' loss? Uh, the immediate aftermath definitely uh, bought a couple of shots. Uh-huh. Uh, to get over the initial pain, sure. uh, I had to numb the pain because it was so embarrassing uh, to watch the Titans, uh, specifically Ryan Tannehill's performance after we could have gone down to tie up the game and he decides to uh, throw another interception, which was the third and final, and then yeah. we lost. Now, I want to, uh, Stone, uh, Aaron, your, your former college teammate, uh, does this check out? Things go a little bit poorly and some shots are ordered. Does this check out here with Aaron? Oh, it's 100%. Uh, guaranteed success right that, yeah. that's what happened yeah, yeah. i actually was on social media and i saw the you know the rise up to the occurrence you know aaron was posting oh. stuff all over social media everyone's mm-hmm. wearing a titans jersey he's out the bar is jumping and uh, uh, it's I'm, tough and aaron we feel for you uh, we just want to are, are you are you going to make it through this okay do you need anything yeah man uh a new quarterback would be ideal. <laughs> well, we'll uh, we'll do what we can. I we'll think our options it. are limited. I was thinking more along the lines of a warm meal delivered to your home, but uh, we'll we'll work on the quarterback as well. Aaron, uh, uh, we just wanted to check in, uh, appreciate you, and uh, hang in there, okay? Appreciate it. You guys have a good one. All right, yeah. that is uh, Aaron Reed, former college uh, teammate of Stone Labanowitz. Seems like Titans fans are pretty much they're doing okay right now. Yeah, and I think for Aaron, he probably has spent. A lot of his time asking for a new quarterback. I mean, he played with Stone, so right, you know, like he's used to wanting a new quarterback. That was really well done. Yeah, well done, Theo. Love that. It's not uh, even Temple of Troll yet. Uh, I was going to say that's an early Temple of yeah. Troll. Bucks fans are on the the road to recovery. Lobster bake with a ton of cheese. Apparently, yeah. that's a good hangover meal. I had no idea, Jeanette. Uh, uh, Courtney's ready to break up with Aaron Rodgers. So Packers fans seem like they know the inevitable is coming, and Bills fans They're still not up. ready to talk. They're hanging up on this or oh, denying their man. fandom. Or that their- is unbelievable. Uh, he's Theo Dorsey. I'm Ken Levicka. We'll be back and wrap this thing up. It's live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. Hey, Bills fans, cheer up. Ride through South Florida without any traffic. And that's right. It's possible. Do something for yourself today. Car-free, care-free by taking the Brightline. Brightline Plus, a new way to get from point A to point B, car-free, care-free, seamlessly get anywhere within a five-mile radius to and from Brightline stations in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and West Palm Beach. In fact, the Brightline is going to take you through South Florida as easy as it took Josh Allen to dice up 
Kansas City's defense. Mm. Okay, Bills fans? Look, I'm trying to look out for you. <laughs> Book a ride on Brightline. Add Brightline Plus to get you to and from the station. All-in-one app and all-in-one ticket. Go from home to the station to your final destination. Brightline Plus offers rides to and from the station with eco-friendly options, including Teslas, e-shuttles, and even shared bikes. It's complimentary, in fact, until February 28th. Then there's the buzzer beater train. Skip the traffic to get to the heat. By the way, what a dominating win over the Lakers last night. Brightline, the smarter way to skip traffic, get to see the heat at FTX Arena. Get to the next heat game, stay till the last shot with Brightline's buzzer beater trains. Brightline's buzzer beater trains let you skip traffic, get to and from FTX Arena so you're there in time for tip-off and you can stay until the final shot. Trade tailgating for train gating on Brightline with great deals on drinks and food in the station and on board. It is Brightline. Go Brightline or uh, uh, go brightline.com or the free Brightline app. Time now for a man who, even when you're at your lowest moment as a fan, he's going to rub it in. He's going to stick it to you. He's going to look you in the eye, and he is going to talk down to you. Want to know why? Because he's petty. Want to know why? Because he's ruthless. He is a man who every Monday preaches at the Temple of Troll. It's Theo Dorsey. Congregation, it's time to hear the good word. He prays for your sports pain. Rosiu then rejoices and preaches pettiness. Theo Dorsey is in his bully pulpit in the Temple of Troll. And there you have an email, apparently. Yeah, well, you know, my email came in from this certain city who doesn't see it coming. Oh. And I'm about to hit reply all to that email. <laughs> uh, the city of St. Louis. I know you're sitting at home and you're thinking, oh, we're safe. We're good. But I don't want to troll any of the football team's fans who did oh, win. Man. So I'm going to troll the city of St. Louis right now oh, because man. it looks like the Rams are marching on to an NFC Championship oh, game. No. They might be going to another Super Bowl, but... Wait, there's this. They're no longer in St. Louis. They're in L.A. Oh, no. That's your ex-girlfriend marching on to the NFC Championship game, not your current one. But but there's hope, Ken. Hold on. Because last night, St. Louis's native son, Jason Tatum, the pride and joy of St. Louis, had the career night. He, he had the game of his life, a 51 ball and a win over the Wizards, except Ken Nobody gives a damn because <laughs> nobody watched the NBA last wow. night because it was NFC, it was it was it was divisional round weekend. But Ken, another plus side uh-huh. because the one team they do have there that's you know active the the St. Louis Blues uh-huh. they're one of the top teams in the West in the NHL. I had to dig deep for this oh, one. Oh my god! I did some homework for this one. I wanted to stick it to those St. Louis fans. The Blues get a win in the Western Conference right last night. Yeah. Guess where they played at? Where? In Canada. They got a win in the other country. So you got your <laughs> old football team, your ex-girlfriend, getting a win in L.A. going to the NFC Championship game. You got your home team, your pride and joy as well, getting a win, but it was in another country. So oh. does it count? I don't know. They were on the road. And then your native son has the career night, and nobody gives a damn a flying flip because Jason Tatum, great 51-point performance. Nobody even knew about it. Wow. Theo Dorsey just took out an entire city. (laughs) He took out an entire city. Good night to the arches. Wow, I did not see that coming. Just when you think you know where Theo's going and where his hate's (laughs) going to be directed, he completely misdirects you to St. Louis, the Gateway Arch. 
Uh-uh. uh-uh. More like the gateway ain't today. Well done. <laughs> oh, Dorsey. Wow. That was a stretch. I'm sorry. Oh, my All right. We'll be back tomorrow, noon to two. Same <laughs> cast of characters. Me, Theo, Stone Lebanowitz. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Bills fans, hey, we're just trying to help. Maybe we'll try tomorrow. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. Ugh, bad idea. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. We've been live on ESPN 106.3. Bye-bye now. Mm-hmm.